Welcome to 52 Weeks of Flow. This is a moving river podcast hosted by multifaceted entrepreneur and transformational coach Bia Marie Ani. In this podcast, we want to help you discover the concept of flow and show you ways to get into flow and how you can keep your life flowing. Hello, 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 and welcome to 52 Weeks of Flow, the podcast that delves into the depth of human potential and the transformative power of flow. I'm your host, Bea Marie Anin, and today I have a really, really special guest because we're going to talk about how to get better at life. Not just how to get a better life, but how to actually do it, how to actually dive into this. My beautiful guest today is Veronica Whedon, and after years of her own healing journey, Veronica now helps clients uncover the root cause of their own destructive patterns, reform their beliefs, and transform their relationships and life through a program that addresses health on an emotional, mental, and physical level. And this is what we all talk about here all day and all night, mental, physical, and emotional levels. She is a health and relationship coach, a rapid transformation therapist, practitioner, therapy practitioner, a hypnotherapist, and the founder of Revival Health GmbH. Welcome, Veronica. Thank you so much. Yes. And today, I already said it, we are going to talk how to get better at life. And this has so much to do with flow. So what does it mean for you to get better at life? So for me, the quality of life really depends on the quality of the relationships you have in your life. Um, this has been my experience, and and so that's what I that's what I work on. And so the the more that I can improve my own relationships, the better my life gets. And that really starts with the relationship that I have with myself. That's the fundamental piece of everything. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I cannot uh, stress this enough. A lot of people always look on the outside and see, oh, I need this partner to, you know, tell me that I'm good enough, or I need this from here and I need this from there. But actually, we all have this already inside of us. So when somebody comes to you yeah. and tells you, you know, yeah, you know, I don't, in my past relationships, this and this happened and it never lasted. So how can I... What, what do I need to do to make my relationships last? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it, I mean, it really does depend on the experience of the person and where they're at and their, I'm going to call it healing journey. Um, but but the, the crux of it is, and, and again, I base this off of my own experience and, and my life is, and what I have found is it's so important to go back to find the root cause. So it's it's less about what exactly happened in the relationship and more about why that happened. And especially if there's a pattern for it, because usually it's not just one unhealthy relationship. More often than not, there have been a string of them. And if we refer to romantic relationships, you know, sort of an unhealthy pattern, but but relationships apply to friendships and in the family and in the workplace and and of course romantic partners. It's it's I mean, 
everything is about relationships and and usually there's a pattern of of less healthy relationships and then the the key thing that i have found is to really go back and find out okay why because the constant in all of that is you and so what what is it that that led you into those situations in the first place what is the root cause where's the origin of that pattern um, and that's where I use the rapid transformation therapy or the hypnotherapy to help clients go back and really identify the root cause of it so that they can begin to heal and change the patterns moving forward. From your experience, um, mm -hmm. what kind of feelings are the root cause for most problems in relationships? Um, I'm not enough. So you mentioned it before. <laughs> Because if we, the, I mean, that's really the, the biggest one, because if we feel we're not enough, then we need more of something from somewhere else, whether that's from a partner, whether that's from alcohol, whether that's from drugs, whether that's from food, whether that's from, I mean, all of these are relationships, the relationship you have with food, the relationship, I mean, it's all. Um, and so when we ourselves don't feel enough, then we look outside To, to fill the so-called void that we feel we have. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's, I'm not enough is really the underlying big one that, that always surfaces. And then there are other ones like I, I'm different, like I feel different from everybody else, um, or I'm unlovable, I'm unworthy um, of, of having what I want, um, I'm undeserving. Um, but if you if you really look at it, all those things come back to you. I'm not enough. Mm. Yeah, and with with I'm not enough, like the sentence or the feeling of not being enough, mm. there comes so much fear. Mm. When I don't feel enough, like how can anybody else? How can I be loved? The fear of not being lovable, then, and also, I I think, or I feel, or in my experience, um, that. Fear is like a major, a major, not catalyst, but it's like, it's like the fuel to, you know, this just, I don't feel, yes, you can feel not enough, but then this fear that like comes from it, that like feeds from that feeling, it just blows it up so much. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that comes another fear and then adds another fear and another fear and another fear. And all of a sudden we're sitting there with all of those, I'm, I'm going to call it fear, fear, uh, fear vampires that just mm -hmm. sucking out your energy constantly. And at the end, you're not doing anything anymore because you're just too afraid to then, you know, when you're not, when you're feeling not enough, then at some point you might go over the top and then you're too much. And mm -hmm. then you're this, and then you're to this. And yeah, it's sort of the polarities and the overcompensation. And to your point, the fear, it's What I found, and and I, I lived this too. Again, it's all my experience, my life, and then I see I see it. You know the similar patterns in others. It's the fundamental fear of being alone and the fear of abandonment, and then everything else. All the other fears are sort of layered on top of that. The, but the I'm not enough feeds the the fear of abandonment and fear of being alone, the fear of rejection, and th those are fundamental fears to debunk in order to really come home to your own sovereignty. Um, because and, until you, until we crack that code, 
I feel like we're always going to be looking for something outside of ourselves. And as long as we're looking for something outside of ourselves, then our potential, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but in a sense, our potential is always going to be limited because we're dependent on something or someone else. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And to everybody listening, this, uh, this sounds um, completely normal because that's what we talk about here. We talk about the human potential and we talk about what is hindering us mm -hmm. from reaching our full potential and also what is hindering us from our flow, from our daily flow. And what you said, things like I'm not enough, I'm not lovable, all those fears that are blocking us, all those personas that jump in because of experiences that we have that just take away our life force kind of and mm -hmm. just try try they're trying all our fears our personas everything they're trying to keep us safe mm -hmm. trying for us to survive mm -hmm. but in the end surviving is not like thriving so when when somebody comes to you mm -hmm. with and you're a professional so you basically kind of look at the person and you know that there's the underlying i am not enough Mm -hmm. yeah. So how do you address that? How do you go about it with that person if they are not aware of it? Yeah. So um, again, that's because like you said, people generally don't know or think they're not enough. And if you ask someone, oh, do you love yourself? You know, some people will say yes, some people will say no, or but but there's a there's a surface problem, which is actually just a symptom. It's not the real problem. And that is either unhealthy relationships or it's weight or it's an addiction of, of some sort or it's so the but all those things which people generally refer to and see as the problem are actually just symptoms of the underlying problem. And so um, to your point, how do you make them aware? Then I, I talk about, okay, well, let's go and find the, the origin of that problem but let's go find the roots cause and identify the real problem behind that mm -hmm. and and I do I, I use um, I use the hypnotherapy and the rapid transformation therapy to to help them do that where uh, essentially we do a regression so not into past lives or anything it's it's really focused on on this life but a regression um, to the exact moments in time that are the origin or the root cause of whatever the symptom is that they would like to address. And what we're doing is just tapping the subconscious because our subconscious never sleeps. Mm -hmm. um, and it remembers everything from before we were born, from when we were in the, room, the womb, Every everything is stored in our subconscious. And actually 95, about 95% of how we operate as humans is through is done or driven through our subconscious because if you think about breathing walking opening a door you don't think about how to do it you just do it and it's because how to is stored in our subconscious we learned it a long time ago the minute we came out we were screaming hopefully or or, or breathing right and it's like we knew we knew how and 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 those are patterns in our subconscious and and that applies also to how we respond to certain situations and how we act or react um, in certain situations and how we're able or unable to set boundaries um, for ourselves. And, and all, all of that, our, our behavior is, is, is mostly driven 
um, through our subconscious. Very little is actually conscious decision making. And so tap that's what we tap into through the hypnotherapy. And it's it's not really a woo-woo thing where people float around the room. <laughs> not at not at all. Like you're very present, you're very aware, and, and we are just tapping tapping into the root cause. Um, and, and sort of to build on that, I think what's what's critical to understand. And I think when when we are in unhealthy relationships or when life isn't going the way we want, often there's a lot of shame attached to that and guilt and for whatever reason, lots of different reasons. But um, but I, I, I think it's really important for people to understand that you, why you do what you do is not your fault because we live what we learn and we learn what we live. And, and this is also what the process helps people understand is, and to your point before, you said it's to protect us, right? These, these fears, et cetera, to protect us. And it's because they were originally created for a purpose because we needed them. And that's what we go back and, and tap through the hypnosis and the, and the um, rapid transformation therapy to, to go back into what more often than not is young childhood years and figure out, okay, why did your mind and body create the pattern that it created? Um, because there was a reason for it. And as you say, it was trying to protect you. Um, but then what happens is we carry these patterns, which served us back then because we needed them, because as children, we're unable to care for ourselves. We can't, you know, we have no income, we can't look after ourselves, we can't feed ourselves. We like we we are dependent on a caregiver. Um, for survival, our survival depends on someone else. And then these patterns create, if we're in environments where we're not given what we need, the love and the care and the security and the safety and, and all these things, then we create these patterns in order to survive. But unfortunately what happens is because they're then in the subconscious, as we grow into adulthood and as we are capable of taking care of ourselves and supporting ourselves and feeding ourselves and clothing ourselves. We continue these patterns because it's all we've ever known. And because it's not really on a conscious level, we end up in situations that are familiar because the mind will always take us to what's familiar. We don't like the unfamiliar. Um, and so understanding humans don't like change. We're not wired for it, <laughs> which is ironic because the only constant in life is change. Um, but, but yeah, that was a very long-winded answer that, that we go back and essentially tap the root cause in order to unravel all of that and hopefully change and upgrade the patterns and beliefs that we hold about ourselves. Thank you so much for this long answer because there were so <laughs> many points and there was like, yes, yes. And then I thought, you know, when you said it's not our fault, mm -hmm. it's not our fault. And that's, you know, for one, on the one side, I think this is really scary mm -hmm. because we, some patterns, we didn't really choose, you know, when we were little, we just mm -hmm. saw how our parents or caregivers or somebody reacted. Mm -hmm. And then we just adapted to that. We took that response or that kind of behavior and took that for, this is how you're human. This is how you react to conflict. This is how you react to whatever. And we just took it and used it as it was our own. Like yeah, we, we have learned what we live. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. it's not like, you know, I, I sometimes feel like it's 
ancient Rome and you're the gladiators, you know, you get thrown into the tiger's pit and then you're like, okay, there's a tiger. I have no idea what a tiger is, but it looks scary. I feel fear. So what am I going to do? And then there's another gladiator and that gladiator already knows how to do it. And it's just fighting and fighting and fighting. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, okay, fuck. I, oh, sorry. <laughs> I need to fight. Okay. I need to fight. I, yeah, yeah. So, but what if we don't have to fight? You know, what if we have to feed the tiger? Mm -hmm. You know, what if we take a different approach? But in that moment, we're so overwhelmed with stimuli from the outside and feelings and emo like emotions that we just look for help on the outside. Like you said, mm. our parents are caregivers. And then we, our brain just um, saves that as the pattern. And this is how we operate. Mm. And then when we get older and we're conscious, you know, that we actually breathe. And then all of a sudden patterns come up and we're like, why am I doing this? I don't know. Why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And that's why I love that. There are tools like RTT or hypnotherapy at the right now or other beautiful modalities mm -hmm. where you can tap into the subconscious and just reprogram yeah. it. Yeah. It's uh, and the other thing I think that's important to understand is, is that you can never relive an experience. You can only ever review it because it also, I think there is a lot of fear around, oh, well. I don't want to know what happened or what if I don't like what I see or, you know, I don't, I don't really want to, there's still that notion of, I don't want to deal with it because let's be honest, it's easier to blame others. It's easier to look for, to want other people to change. It's easier to, to yes, look for solutions outside of you. It's easier to say, oh, well, the doctor has to fix me. It's, mm -hmm. you know, that's their job. Well, actually, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> You know, there, there's a lot that, that you can do for your own health as well. The, I mean, the doctor is, is there for when you break your leg and you want a surgeon to fix it. Absolutely. But for, for chronic things and, you know, diseases and, and recurring symptoms, the, the doctors can support. But, but we actually have so much control um, over our own health that, um, that people don't necessarily want to acknowledge um or are ready to acknowledge yet yeah because taking responsibility it's is scary. hard and <laughs> scary yeah yeah i mean if you would tell everybody that you can cure yourself from cancer mm -hmm. they would be like way no I'm, I'm gonna let him do it i'm gonna let her yeah, yeah. do it yeah because if they screw up they screw up yeah yeah it's their fault yeah yeah but you know, if I'm if I'm the master of my own destiny and I can save my life, ooh, whew, that's a lot of pressure. And that requires actually doing something. And it, once again, it requires changing. Yes. And people don't like change. And you know, ask me how I know. I did. You know, for the it took me so long. For most of my life, I was stuck in just really destructive patterns and. And I was so ill and, um, and this is why I'm such a firm believer in the sort of mind body connection and, and that they can't be separated because, because of my own life experience. And I went to a hundred different doctors and nobody could tell me what was wrong or why I was having the problems I was having or why I was getting sick. And they ran every test they could and everything was normal. <laughs> and it's like, okay, but 
you don't just have a seizure if everything's normal and you know you don't need back surgery if nothing happens and um yeah it's it, it, and it took me a long time to figure out why the things that were happening to me were happening and and once i understood the the psychosomatic connection then so much made sense and once i i really went and debunked my own history and and why i ended up in the situations that i ended up in um then it was it was like a puzzle and all the pieces just started coming together and i had so many aha moments of oh that's what was going on back then and oh that's that's what was happening and that's why that happened and mm, now now i get it now i see it and and over time everything just started to make more and more sense but yeah i mean it's not a it's not a pretty journey it's not a pleasant thing because yeah your or my reality shattered and everything that i believed to be true turned out not to be true and then that caused me to question well, who am I if if my whole reality is not what I thought it would be? What kind of, like, it's like I was living in a parallel universe or something. And I was like, what does that mean about me? And, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a journey. Yeah, and like you said, not a pretty one. And we get taught by the media, by social media, by everything that it needs to be pretty. Mm. It needs to look good. And if your healing journey doesn't look good, nah, I'm not going to do it. No, it's not Instagram ready. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um, but you, um, you just said one thing that was like, oh, this is so good. I need to pick this up. And now it's just gone. Um, <laughs> oh, ah, it will come back. Okay. It will come back. But um, about change. Yeah. You know, I'll... Our brains are are so, we, this is the supercomputer. Our brains are the supercomputers, but they're not serving us. Mm -hmm. And so when people come to you and they want to get good at life, mm -hmm. if, if you can break it down to like, say three points, mm -hmm. what, what would you tell them? What, what do you do with them? What do they need to do? And that's what I love. That's what I love about how to get good at life. It requires action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, break it down into, I mean, it's a big topic, but if, if yep. I had to mention sort of three actionable steps, I guess, um, the, the one is, yeah, fig figure out the root cause, you know, go debunk that, that fear and figure out why you're running the pattern the way you are. Because if you're unhappy in life, then that's an indication you're living out of, um, alignment with your own values, which brings me to the point, get clear on your values. And often, and, and I used to think that I knew what I valued and what my core values were. But then when I really looked at my life, I, I wasn't living in alignment with any of them. I'll give you an example. Like I thought, so respect was always really, really important to me. Mm. And I thought, well, I, I am living that value because I respect other people. And I did. I respected other people. The problem was I was letting everyone else disrespect me. Mm. So actually, it, it was like a one-way street. And that's not how values work. So if if it's a core value, it's a it's a two-way street. So it's it's respect of this, in, in my case, respect of the self, first and foremost. 
and then respect of others. And I was only living one of those. I was by by all these other letting all these other people disrespect me. I wasn't respecting myself. Um, and when I say letting, again, if if people hear that, they're like, oh, but there's so much shame, and you know, it sounds like blame. Um, and and that's that's not what it's about. It's it's really going back to taking responsibility. If you pull that word apart, it just means an ability to respond to situations. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you look at it that way, it becomes empowering versus something shameful or scary or. Um, so I would say get clear on your values, um, go back and, and, and find the origin of, of the patterns, why it is um, the way it is. And then um, to the third point, so you mentioned the brain is like a supercomputer and your self-talk is the program that it's going to run. <laughs> um, I think it was Jim Quick who, who said that. And I, I remember that phrase. I thought it was so good. And so um, pay close attention to the to how you speak to yourself, like the the words that you use and the, the thoughts that you think, because the thoughts you think lead to behavior and behaviors lead to belief. And it's it's the circle. So and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, and and yeah, so play, I, I would say pay close attention to to how you speak to yourself. Um, because that will influence how you think about yourself, which will influence um, how you behave, which will influence what you believe. Yes, I love that. And that brings us to the action part. Because in your actions, it always reflects like what you believe in, what you mm-hmm. think about yourself, mm-hmm. not about yeah. the world or anybody else, yeah, yeah. but what what you believe about yourself. Yeah, And like you said about values, you know, and respect, and when you only do it in a one-way street, only giving it to the outside, but not having it done to you, then this is also how you act. You will let people walk all over you. Yeah. And because again, it's, it's not a, because none of us can control anybody else as much as we'd like to think we can, as much as we want to. And as much as, you know, when it comes to unhealthy relationships, often, I mean, the other people, I mean, there are horrible people that do horrible things that that is the reality. But, but we can't change that. The only power that we have is the power to change ourselves. So what I had to learn, and it took me a long time to accept this, that if I wanted something different, if I wanted a different life, I had to do something different, I had to change. Because as much as other people harmed me and as much as their behavior I felt should and needed to change, that was not certainly not in my control, nor was it my responsibility to to change anybody else's life because you can't, you can't. And and it was the, I guess, the process of, of letting go of that belief and taking responsibility, saying, okay, I want something different. So my behavior has to change, even though I truly believed, but I'm a good person and I'm doing the right things. And why don't they love me? And why are they treating me like this? And why is this happening? And why is this, you know, I'm, you know, why, why, like, like why me? And mm-hmm. but that keeps you in the victim mentality and again it's not your fault that you're that that you're there it wasn't my fault um but I I did I still felt all this shame and guilt and it took took a while to work through it until I could 
could sort of make that separation and go, okay, no, I, I'm the one who has to change. My behavior has to change. Um, and at the end of the day, it was all about me. Um, Cause it was, it was about self-respect, not about others disrespecting me that happened, but that wasn't mine to change. I would change my situation by beginning to respect myself. Yes. Thank you also for bringing up the victim status mm -hmm. because too, too many, too many times in our lives, we go like, yeah, but they did. Mm -hmm. When we go into this passive role where we're like, no, no, I didn't do anything. You mm -hmm. know, they did, mm -hmm. but actually being passive doesn't mean we we're not doing anything. It means we're taking an active role in letting things happen by not doing something. Mm -hmm. So again, it comes back to the responsibility, which means an ability to respond. So when someone else behaves a certain way, how do you choose to respond to that? I mean, that, that's the question, right? That it always is gonna come back to. How, how, how do you choose to respond? How do you want to respond? Because it's your choice whether you accept that behavior or or what you want to do with it. And it may not always be a choice you like, it certainly wasn't for me, but I, I did realize there was always a choice. Often it wasn't a choice that I liked, but there was always a choice. So, yes. So this, this brings me to a wonderful experiment that I would uh -huh. like to invite everybody right now. So today, after you listen to this, or today or tomorrow, you know, that you, every time you get in contact with somebody and you get into a conversation or maybe something triggers you, ask yourself, how do I want to respond right now? Before you, before you act, before you respond, just take a deep breath and really think about, okay, am I going to jump in that person's face right now? Because it just triggered something in me. Do I, do I, am I going to feel hurt right now? Or do I choose a different response? And this is what I want to invite you all to, because I think this is, this is going to change your life when you have the ability to respond and not just give that power away. Mm -hmm. So Veronica, I may add to that yeah. as well. Um, it's also, it's not about suppressing the feeling. So if something triggers you and you get angry or whatever, and maybe you want to shout. So to your point, take a breath and then choose how to respond. But, but then still, you know, acknowledge the emotion and figure out why. Because again, that's always an internal journey. So the someone else triggered something, that's where triggers are. Triggers are always going to be external. But, but why do they make us feel a certain way? And what are they trying to show us that we still need to work on? within ourselves. Um, and, and I think, yeah, that's a, that's a forever journey for me, at least. I don't know. I don't, like I'm still working on it all the time. <laughs> yeah, me too. Absolutely. But when, when I learned that an emotion actually only takes 90 seconds to rush through your body, and if you just let it do it, Mm -hmm. without attaching any meaning to it or any memories or any anything to it just okay wow like i'm triggered i'm mad i'm freaking furious right now mm -hmm. 
like you said, acknowledge the emotion, count to 90, and then everything after that is what we make of it, Mm -hmm. is what we add to it. We add the, the memory or we add a meaning to it. But the emotion itself, after 90 seconds, it's gone. Interesting. I haven't heard the 90 seconds before. I'm going to pay attention next time it happens to me. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I like when I get triggered, I always like take a really deep breath. Yeah. yeah. And like, by now, I'm kind of good to know when what 90 seconds is. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So let's think about how to respond now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That that you know, is is a little bit weird in a conversation when you kind of pause. Yeah. <laughs> when you, when you, but I think it's only weird because we, there's this, it's, it's the world of instantaneous, right? Everything now, every, but actually it's, it's, it is normal to take a minute, to take a beat, to take a breath. It's sort of the, the answer or the debate or whatever. It doesn't have to, doesn't have to come immediately. Yeah. It, it's so funny because when I started doing that, um, people, you know, started asking me like, are you okay? They feel uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you have a stroke? Like, because I would just like, yeah. I would just really zone out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you okay? What's happening? I, I, did I do something? And I, no, no, it's not about you. It's about me. Give me a yeah. second. Just yeah. But isn't isn't that so interesting how it just shows you how uncomfortable people are in silence? And I think this again is a reflection on on you know if you're if you're really comfortable in your own skin and if you feel enough, let's go back to the beginning and 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 feel enough and and know how to take care of yourself on every level and you feel confident within that, then someone's silence is just silence. It, it doesn't make you uncomfortable because you're comfortable in your own silence and presence and you don't need the constant stimulation or talk. And it's, yeah, it's a really interesting thing. Yeah. Oh, I'm just nodding the whole time because I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Our world is so loud yeah. that, that we're not used to silence anymore. Yeah. Like even our kids, you know, they wake, uh, they grow up with this constant stimuli and mm-hmm. just constant noise level. Yeah. And then when, you know, you bring them out into the nature, they're like, what's happening? Okay. What, what can I do? What are we doing? What are we? Just yeah. sit and listen. Yeah. Just be. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So let's get from, let's come from this bubble into your bubble. Like okay. where, where can people find you? Because I think your journey and what you do, what you teach is so incredible. So I want people to know where, where they can find you and yes, shoot. Thank you. Yes. So, um, it's my, my company, like you mentioned at the beginning is revival health. And so, um, the website is revivalhealth.ch cause I am based in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Um, and on Instagram, you can find me, uh, revival health LLC, um, and uh, yeah, please follow me. And uh, there's a link for freebie downloads and everything on the on the profile there as well. And if you have, if you cannot get enough from Veronica and me talking, then you get the chance to see us in March again, where we are both speakers at the Women Thrive Summit. 
this is going to be amazing. And I'm going to be talking about this more and more over the next couple of weeks, because there will also be speaker showcases where you can watch Veronica speak, where you can watch me speak. And there are also networking events and opportunities. So if you stay tuned to the podcast or subscribe to the newsletter, you get all the news on all of this. So Veronica, thank you so, 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 so much for coming in and sharing all those golden nuggets and your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I wish you all the best. Thank you. Same to you. And that's it. That's it for today. That's our show. 